Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Osiris. I'll make it again, it's going to hit great. Yeah. You go ahead. Like, like, go for it. Go for it, Brian. Go for Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, welcome to HF Pod 2020. In lieu of today's episode, uh, due to the global pandemic that has taken over the entire world, hence the global nature of the pandemic, uh, we will not be doing a live episode. We are actually going to be doing a past HF Pod episode. So please sit tight and enjoy. That would actually be pretty entertaining, I bet. If yeah, we do we just have like any HFPods from like 1995? <laughs> what would you guys suggest that people cook while watching a past HF Pod episode? Depends on the episode, really. A, cheese plate, a bowl, for sure. obviously. Come on. A cheese plate, for sure. A cheese plate, some girl dinner? Look at that. Some balls. Is that considered girl dinner? I think so. It's partially Is it? like some grapes and a few pieces of salami <laughs> and then like a glass of rosé. I don't know. I have been served that by Sounds a girl. Good to me. You have? Sure. I have eaten that and I am a girl. So I guess that makes it a girl dinner. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some sandwiches. I don't know. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Be- guys, what the hell is happening? <laughs> uh, I, I mean... Know, yeah, yeah. Uh, RJ's having some technical difficulties, but I'm sure it's going to be fine. We're going to have to wear blast. headphones. He's going to wear. You look cool like headphones. a professional caveman. podcaster now. Yeah, yeah. This is caveman slash professional podcaster. I guess kind of the same thing. I don't. I don't like. I don't like any of this right now. Ah, well, nothing's working. So. 2020 was a hard year. I agree. It really yes. was. Yeah, let's see. This will cheer you up. Let's look back to the year that was 2020. <laughs> yeah. Guys, <laughs> I'm going to throw these headphones across the room and then we can get started. Ready? 
Let's do All right, it. we're yeah. ready. Should I do that? Do Actually, it. I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. They're kind of expensive. Every... Oh, well, um, maybe don't. Do it live on television. Okay, guys, it's 2020. We're all ready. We're all ready for for a great year of fish. I went to Mexico and it came back and everything was different, but it started off pretty fun by going to Mexico. And so we're going to Mexico today to relive those early days. Brian, um, I guess before we get started, we have to talk a lot about, you know, things that happened in 2020. But can you just start by telling us how we arrived at you had a, you had a big choice because I think a lot of people spent a lot of 2020 watching old fish shows, but also like watching the Beacon Jams and going through a lot of emotional things. So can you just because I think we're going to talk about the year overall, but why did you want to bring us back to the the very beginning of the year? Well, there were four fish shows, so I had a lot to choose from here. I was considering for a while a Beacon Jam show because when but I we've done, you could do a trade show like we've done. I could it have done a trade show. You know, you we did done that, but I did think that it would be a bit cheating because we have fish this year, and we have what I would consider really quality fish. I listened to this show uh, earlier this week and really enjoyed myself for a variety of reasons. Um, I also think when I listen back to this show. Something we were talking about last week in the 2019 episode of fish kind of reaching the end of something and needing whatever the next thing to be, whatever that was going to be. Um, we think of the pandemic as kind of being this break point where the band goes and does their own thing. They get really creative. They go into their own heads. They come back in 2021 and bam, we have this amazing new sound, new approach, a lot of risk taking. And when I listened to this show, it kind of made me think, oh, well, this is what would have happened if the pandemic hadn't happened and the band just can kind of continued that incremental evolution. Maybe we would have not had the shock of 2021 uh, and the sound that came out of that year from Fish, but we would have seen, like you're hearing new ideas and you're hearing new developments and you're hearing hints of what was to come. So I thought ultimately that this works better in the larger trajectory of the series, um, even though, as I said, when I think of live music in 2020, I think of three things. I think of fish, dinner, and a movie. I think of Trey's Beacon Jams, which were at a very tense time in our country and in our world, a wonderful routine every single Friday night to get together. Um, and then I also think of a uh, young little jam band from Connecticut uh, stealing the stage and the spotlight from everyone and absolutely throwing down some amazing shows in June and some amazing shows in the fall and really um, blowing a lot of people's minds. So uh, that's kind of where my head usually goes when I think of uh, live music in 2020, but this still happened. This still happens, so we got to talk about it. All right. I mean, that seems fair. Is, is it fair? I think so. I think so. I mean, it's a hard it's a hard year to talk about. It is, you know, for for a lot of reasons. Yeah, but, but, yeah. but there's actually like so much that happened for Fish this year. I mean, the band did a ton this year. It's crazy. Don't be getting ahead like, of Meg's corner. I was just going to say, should we just like rush over and hang out in Meg's corner? Let's go. Megan, let's do it. Do it. Give us the corner. We're already there. Here we go. We're in Meg's corner already. Wow. This is the earliest we've ever been here, but you know, I'm not warmed up, but I'll I'll jump right in. Um, We have four nights in Mexico. We know uh, we're going to talk about one of those shows today. And that's it. I mean, they had a big summer tour planned. They're going to go out west. They're going to go to Midwest, City Dicks. But as early as mid March, you know, everything gets shut down. 
Trey starts releasing some music that he's recording at home on Instagram. And these are a lot of the songs that he wrote with Tom and with Scott Herman, which he wrote kind of right as the pandemic was starting, very early days in March. And these songs are gonna become Lonely Trip, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But these videos are just unbelievable that Trey was putting out on Instagram. They're really charming. Trey's like, has bare feet in a lot of them and his pets are like wandering through them. He's playing, you know, his toaster, toilet paper rolls. He's wearing weird outfits. He's like making music videos. It was just this window into Trey's brain, which was really such a lifeline for me and for so many people. Um, in Tab though, before that, Trey did actually tour with Tab in January and February before the pandemic too. I saw one of those shows, the Capitol Theater. It was electric, those shows were amazing, which will later, a lot of the recordings for that become the live album, Burn It Down. Trey also sat in with Dave Matthews in Mexico. And then um, the pandemic happens. And on August 11th though, Trey is gonna be the first in-studio guest on Jimmy Fallon. It's gonna be the first in-studio guest in five months. And he's gonna play I Never Needed You Like This Before with the roots backing him, reminding us that rock and roll survived the pandemic. I'll never forget watching that. It was such a fucking powerful moment. Trey looked wild. He looked like this like reclusive rock star, you know, with all this crazy long hair. And it was just, it was an awesome moment. And then the Beacon Jams are gonna start October 9th. So as we know, it's an eight week virtual residency at the Beacon Theater in Manhattan every Friday night at eight o'clock from October 9th to November 27th. They're gonna feature acoustic, electric performances by Trey and tons of other musicians. We've got the full tab band, Jeff Tansky, Rescue Squad Strings, Ghost of the Forest is gonna come out, Celise Henderson, Joe Lampert. It's just a lot happening every week and all proceeds from the Beacon Jams are going to go towards Waterwheel and the Divided Sky Fund, which will be used to create this treatment center in Vermont, which is opening now, which is pretty unbelievable. And the thing to me about the Beacon Jams that really stood out was this way that Trey found to connect with the audience by streaming it on Twitch and by react, like connecting with the audience. Like if you look at the tracking, if you listen to them, the songs are like three or four minutes and then there's like four minutes of Trey just chatting with everybody and like calling people out and making comments. And there's so many kind of inside jokes that developed out of that. We met Heather McDougall, you know, there was all this like incredible interplay and connection between the audience and Trey and just a building of community that I found to be just so incredibly special and all for such a good cause. So amazing. There's also a really short documentary called What Calls You Home that you can find online that The Beacon released about the summary of like how these shows happened and kind of like some highlights from the show. It's really cool. It's only like 15 minutes, but I would definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. The other big thing that's going to happen this year is dinner and a movie. And there were 29 of them in 2020. There's going to be more of them in 2021. But the first one was, of course, the Fuck Your Face show from Dick's. And, you know, there's just some moments in here that I'll never forget. I think the first 2.0 shows that, or sorry, the first 1.0 shows that landed, that Virginia Beach show in 21st, oh. 1997. I was at that show and seeing that in Dinner in a Movie was just unbelievable. I have so many memories of that show. And then the second 1.0 show was a show that Jonathan and I were both at, my second fish show, June 19th, 1995 in Deer Creek. I was in the I was like right up front for that show. And so seeing it live again on Dinner and a Movie was just 
unbelievable, but there's so many great moments that they played and so many cool things they did, like playing the Dick's Run throughout Labor Day and on Halloween, playing a few of the Halloween sets. They just, just did incredible things, and I think that was so special. And then, of course, in April, we have Sigma Oasis comes out. So in the second, second dinner in a movie, the band is going to tell us that they're going to push up the release date for their new album and release it on April Fool's Day with a big virtual streaming show. And I remember watching that, being alone and That's watching so that. It was, just, it was so cool, right, to have that together and see all the pictures that Renee Humer took at the barn during the recording. And it was just amazing. So that's their 15th studio album. And again, recorded at the barn and produced by Vance Powell. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot, there's eight archival releases this year. I'm not going to go through all of them, but really great shows are released this year. And then of course, Trey is going to release Lonely Trip, which is one of my favorite albums that he's ever released. It's his 11th solo album. And it's got all these songs that he was releasing during the pandemic that he wrote with Tom and Scott Herman. Absolutely beautiful. It is, to me, the essence of what the pandemic felt like. And the fact that Trey could capture that and release it in this just beautiful album that came out that July. It was really special. And then Cab's going to release Burn It Down, that live album in September, recorded a lot of the shows in January and February on their run. Incredible album. Paige and Trey are going to release December, which I think has a huge impact on the band's jamming and the way these two communicate moving forward. And Mike is also going to release an album with Leo Kotke, Noon. So the band did a lot in 2020. They were busy. They were busy. Well, I mean, a fair bit of that. Some of those things were put together in 2019. The album was recorded. Mike and Leo's album was recorded prior to pandemic and all but they still yeah, had so to press release you know they had to still press publish you had to decide okay yeah um <laughs> and that was um, before the record manufacturing was completely backed up which really happened during that time mm, and burn it yeah. burn it down burn it down came out in 2021 right i believe that's right the album yeah, yeah. I thought it was released in September of this year, no? Of 2020. I think it came out alongside a podcast that we did, which was called Alive Again. Alive Again. Yeah, it was right. It was at the same. I think it came. I think it was all gathered and probably ready by then, but it came out. Um, well, there was the a internet live fish it came release. Out in September, but who knows? Yeah, the, really? it, was, it came out in September of 2020, but. The, there was a live fish release that came out for a tab show in it in conjunction with Alive Again. That was the Utica 2002 show where Trey had to play acoustic for the remainder of the second set because um, the, yeah, he building burned the venue down, down basically. Yeah. Yeah, the, the building was falling yeah. <laughs> yeah. According yeah, to I mean, this, they, maybe it was the vinyl that came out in 2021 because according to my internet, it yeah. says August of 2021. But it came out around that time and that was great. So in cool. one of those two years. Vinyl, the vinyl. Okay, vinyl came out in 2021. I was just trying to yeah, make yeah. sure I understood that. Because yeah, Megan, make, Megan Meg's going to look like I have bad facts. Unbelievable. Megan, can I um, add one thing to Meg's Corner from one of our listeners? Please. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let's just check this out. This is going to be this is gonna be pretty interesting. Because, as always, we got a voicemail. Um, yes. Let me see if this works. Hello, uh just want to say I've been really enjoying the 40 for 40 series. Uh, it's coming to a wrap soon. Interested to see what you have coming up for 2020 because of the COVID year. 
Uh, the big thing about 2020 and not fish, but Oysterhead returned. It was the Oysterhead reunion. It was their first show, shows back since 2006 in Bonnaroo. And before that, they only had one tour in 2001, which had seems to get together during tragedy. Uh, previous tour was disrupted by 9-11. So they came back in 2020 for two shows in Chicago, in Colorado and those are unique shows I wish I was at. I wasn't at them, but they played the whole Oysterhead album. People were wondering if they were going to do, have new songs, which they didn't. But what they did do was they did covers. They they did Voices in My Head by Police. They covered Fish, 46 Days. They covered First Tube. They even covered Primus, uh, those damn blue-collared tweakers. The Trey playing that, that is just incredible. Yeah. Can't believe that happened. They even covered White Room by Cream and the teased Southburn Southbound Pachyderm by uh Primus. Uh yeah, I mean I wish I was at those shows. Corrodive's doing the lighting. They did two sets and they had more shows lined up that got canceled in two thousand twenty. They were supposed to play two in Chicago, would have been the same setup, two sets. And they it was supposed to play Sweetwater Fest, uh Bonnaroo and Peach Fest. And yeah, those all got canceled. They only played the two shows. Uh, they did make up the Peach Fest in 2021, which I I did attend, and that was a big highlight. And they made up Sweetwater Fest, and that was the last show they've played. They didn't make up Bonnaroo or Chicago or the Frost in California. Anyway, uh, really enjoying the series. Looking forward to hearing 2020. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I'm so glad he brought that up because I forgot they played those two shows. I saw they had all the canceled shows, but I forgot that. That was so helpful. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to raise it, but RJ brought it in a much better way than me just going, hey, by the way. (laughs) So I'm not the guy. Those shows are sick. Oysterhead. I do not. I've I've never enjoyed a live Oysterhead recording, but I love the album. (laughs) I have the record. It's so good. But I've just never found that band worked live for me. Other people dig it. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Um, Megan, thank you for all that. You're welcome. Um, okay. So, you know, I, I didn't say this at the beginning because we jumped straight in. But we are embarking on a couple things that we need to tell you about. One is that Megan and I are embarking on a trip to New York City, although Megan lives there. But we're going to... Um, <laughs> On the 29th of December, we're going to be doing a live HF Pod recap of the 1228 show, and that is part of the Dude of Life Band show at Hill Country. If you're going to be in town for the shows, come to Hill Country that afternoon. We're going to do a recap, and then there's going to be an interview with the Dude of Life, and then his band's going to play, and Megan and I will be there hanging out, and a bunch of other people will as well. And then the last thing is just there's going to be – a big series next year. We already have so many responses of people's top 25 tours of all time. We're going to put the link in the show notes. So make sure you go there and rank them yourself. It only takes a minute. I mean, unless you're Brian, it would take you like five years, but most people have filled it out quickly without much, you know, without much deliberation. And we will take (laughs) those things into account, but, but we don't know how much account we'll take them into. To be fair, the listeners are just picking their 25 favorite tours. We will be taking their selections as well as uh, using science and data and um, knowledge and experience and all those important things 
<clears throat> excuse me, to figure out the exact order that these tours must be in. And then we will present them uh, across 25 episodes through 2024, which is going to be a ton of fun. Science. 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 I dispute the science. Just going on record now <clears throat> so that it's clear going forward. I think it's we'll good that we're... We'll check your formulas. Well, I think we can. I think we can agree that twenty the twenty twenty conversation is a good time to talk about, you know, whether we believe in science or not, generally mm-hmm. and specifically. Bringing politics into HF Pod, I love it. Wow. Tell us more, RJ. Hey, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm just saying, just asking questions on a podcast, huh? Science felt. That I believe I in science, not ranking science, but I, I think everybody knows that. Mm. So we shall carry this on. Is the heart of the I can, debate. I, I I think that anybody who votes for 2020 gets their ballot thrown out. Though speaking of also non-political things, <laughs> um, my goodness. <laughs> okay, so what else do we have? We have. Um, Okay, so what else do we want to talk to talk about with 2020? I do have some more voicemails, but I want to hear what what you all have to say first. Well, I think it'd be beneficial just to kind of maybe quickly how we individually got through 2020. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, a challenging year for everyone, in kind of a way that everyone felt. I mean, there was obviously a lot of disunity, but there was a lot of unity and community that came out of this year in a really strong way. Um, you know, I. I, like I know for myself, like I, I relied a lot on fish in 2020 from a um, just kind of keeping the clock going and keeping things, you know, like the Tuesday night dinner movies for the first six months of the pandemic were a huge way to just, okay, work is hard. We're getting adjusted. We're trying to figure out how to have a four and a half year old at home while also uh, keeping our working lives going, keeping him stimulated, him active. Um, And then, you know, knowing that every Tuesday night you had this, you know, really fun thing where you jumped online and everyone in your corner of Twitter was talking about something really fun. And the band was like Megan said, they were bringing back these 1.0 shows. They were featuring really high quality 3.0 shows. And then finally in 2021, we got our only 2.0 show, which was an amazing second set to feature. Um, but, you know, that, the Beacon Gems, the emergence of Goose, like live music for me transformed from a thing that I go to to a thing that I could experience in my own house in a really exciting way. And um, sharing that, you know, vibe from from afar with a lot of people. So uh, for me, that was like that was probably the way that I like mentally was able to get through the year in, in, in a lot of cases, but I'm curious, Megan, how about you as, as a, as a teacher, as a parent yourself living in New York city, how did you get through 2020? Yeah, it was tough. New York was crazy. We left pretty quickly and we spent a lot of the time up in Massachusetts so we wouldn't kill each other in a small space here in the city. And uh, yeah, it was intense. I was remote teaching and I had two kids and they were remote learning and the first week of the pandemic, I had like a divine intervention and I just went to a rescue and picked up a dog and I didn't really talk to anybody about it. I was just like, family, I think we're going to go get a dog. And everybody was like, what the fuck? And we just got one and it changed our lives and so great. So that was like a huge thing for me. And fish was huge for me too. You know, I had just started getting like really, really back into live music and fish and going to see, you know, all these different bands 
that I had, you know, loved so much when I was younger. And I was listening to a lot of HF Pod. And so one day I was listening to HF Pod while I was walking my dog, and they were talking about the 1996 Europe tour. And I, RJ said, you know, hey, we've never talked to anybody that went on this tour. So if you went on this tour, like reach out. And so I did, and I reached out, and RJ let me come on, and we did a little Facebook live with the guys and I showed a lot of photos and told a lot of stories and I prepped for that episode. Like it was the biggest job interview of my life. Um, I had pages and pages of notes, my photos compiled. I knew what I was going to say and I had so much fun. So that was really fun. And that was in April of 2020. And I was just listening to a lot of HF pod. I was listening to a lot of fish and yeah, I was watching all the dinner and movies and speaking jams. There was just a lot of, I felt really connected to the community in a way that I hadn't in a long time. So it was really special. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about one of our great partners, DistroKid. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keeping 100% of their royalties and earnings. If you're a musician and looking to get your music out there, DistroKid is the way to go. DistroKid is available for iOS and Android and is now available in Apple's App Store and the Google Play Store. More than a million artists rely on DistroKid to get their music onto Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all other major streaming services. And with DistroKid, you can upload new releases, see your financial progress, get notified when you've earned royalties, withdraw money from the app, view and share links, check your streaming stats, and a whole lot more. DistroKid has more features than any other music distributor. Check them out today. Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash helping friendly. That's distrokid with a capital K dot com slash VIP slash helping friendly for a special offer. Thanks, DistroKid. How about you, RJ? Um, well, I wanted to see if I could, um, I'll, I'll tell you. So I have, we moved, we decided to move the, like the week before the pandemic started. So we put our house on the market in DC the day that the shutdown started. And then we had to move into our in-laws house um, at the very beginning of the pandemic. And my, my birthday was like, you know, a week after the pandemic started. And I have this, I really want to, I want to see if I can share this because this is like, there's something that's very special about this. If I can, let me see. Can you guys see this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let me see if you can hear it. Can you hear that? No audio. No. Okay. No. So just picture this. This is my this is a surprise birthday party for me in my in-laws house. And behind that door are all three of my kids and my wife crying and screaming for 30 seconds while I'm standing outside waiting to go into my my surprise birthday. <laughs> and that kind of it it really just kind of summarizes 2020 for me <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> I'll share it with you That's guys amazing. after this just because it's really great to hear. But um yeah, so we moved and we were in like four different houses and trying to keep Osiris going through different 
different show ideas and different formats. And I don't know. I, I don't know if we made it through. I mean, I guess we did because we're alive, but you know, it didn't really feel like we made it through, but then we ended up in this house that we live in now and everything turned out fine, but it was a pretty like ridiculous year. Pretty ridiculous year. I don't know what, how I survived, but I think probably music was part of it, but I don't really remember. I've kind of blocked a lot of it out. What about you, Jonathan? <laughs> um, <laughs> I basically hold up into this room. So this room where everybody sees me recording and now and have been for a while, I started coming in here and I started working in here in 2020 when we shut down and uh, pretty quickly after that, I like I ordered a this desk, which is a very small desk and uh, just started arranging things and then eventually put in a stereo set up my mic, brought all my guitars in here. And so I went kind of crazy in this very room and then started recording my first album here in this room. And uh, so, yeah, I watched Fish on the TV over here and watched the dinner and the movies in here because my family didn't really want them downstairs where they were living their lives. And that's fine. So, yeah, that's that was 2020 for me. And... Um, kind of have continued a lot of that working from home <laughs> and all of that stuff and making records in here and talking to you guys right here like we are now. Yeah, so 2020 was a kind of a, a pivot point for a lot of things. Yeah, <clears throat> same, same some, with me. Some good, some good. Yeah, I think maybe that maybe everyone has that to a certain extent. I mean, I'm like, I'm so happy we ended up where we are and, you know, like everything's great. So I guess that's good. But 2020 was like hard. There was, was a lot of reflection really that year. Too. Yeah, that too. 2020 was like a lot of, I think a lot of people reflected on things. I know I made some pretty significant life changes towards the end of 2020 that um, have been positive. Uh, we also had a daughter in early 2021. So most of the end of 2020 was like trying to figure out how to navigate this pandemic with uh, a pregnancy, which which was kind of crazy and inspired us to just kind of like be inward uh, in a lot of cases, which was which was really good. Um, can yeah. I can I Brian, can I just share a, there's a Slightly more positive, I think, take on the pandemic from one of our listeners from Please. the quarantine yeah, era. Um, mine was mine was sad, but I do want to share that video with you guys <laughs> so you can hear the kids screaming in the background. All right, let me see if this works. Hey, this is Adam calling in again. Uh, I would say that maybe you might recognize my voice now as being just slightly more nasally than all of the other people that call in to the podcast. <laughs> uh, on a couple episodes now, and I got to tell you, this is actually part one of a three-parter. Um, so either only RJ will hear this heartwarming story, or all of your listeners will get to hear it, but it will unfold over the next couple of weeks. So anyway, uh, my 2020 uh, fishing <laughs> actually has to do with meeting my uh, girlfriend, um, we started dating in the middle of February 2020, and uh, it was supposed to be a long-distance relationship. Long story short, things went very different, and we ended up actually moving in together by uh, by August. Uh, but what happened is we spent a lot of time quarantining, you know, at our 
at our different apartments and um, we would watch uh, the dinner and a movie every week together. She wasn't a fish fan per se. She had seen them once before, but that was Fenway 2019, one of the nights that doesn't really count. Uh, so anyway, no. <laughs> we watched dinner and a movie. Doesn't count. She was getting more into the band. I was playing like every fish DVD I had. It all culminated with us watching between me and my mind. Uh, and she really started to fall in love with the band. Um, so, so anyway, and then, and then of course we had the, uh, the Beacon experience as well, where, where we tuned into all of those. So I'll, I'll keep it brief for you here, but that kind of sums up my, my 2020 fish experience, which is really bonding over this thing that I loved with my, you know, new girlfriend at, at the time. And, uh, anyways, tune in next week to, to hear what happened in 2021. <laughs> can't wait to be oh, continued a whole oh, new I take. love this like serial saga lockdown this ends so and awesome. she runs, runs I like I like that our listeners are creating their own podcast within our podcast very creative okay so should we go to Mexico or are we or are we talking about we gotta stop really. one more corner oh no because here's the thing how many movies did you go to in 2020 <sighs> I thought it was more of a triangle we this watched year, a not lot like a of TV and movies that's true so so true the I will give you good news RJ there were less movies that were made in 2020 <laughs> that came out in 2020 than in 2019 or 2022 um, the downside though, and you, this may make you happy, but it makes me very sad is that the movie industry really suffered and didn't really return to quote unquote normalcy until very recently because, um, uh, obviously the Barbenheimer, uh, phenomenon of the summer brought movies back to movies are back, baby. Um, yeah. but also then the actor strike was going on and that, you know, pushed a lot of stuff off. There's a bunch of stuff that should have come out this fall that didn't come out, but there was still some good stuff that happened in 2020 from a pop cultural standpoint. So much to RJ's chagrin, I'm just going to keep this intro going to extend this segment as long as possible. Do it. Um, television, we had a couple notable TV shows that came out in 2020, as well as a few that closed the doors. Uh, How To with John Wilson, one of the funniest and most awkward television shows imaginable, uh, came out on HBO. Uh, the Queen's Gambit came out in fall 2020. That made everybody love chess for about 10 minutes. Um, the final season of BoJack Horseman uh, came out. The Crown Season 4, which introduced this um, uh minute character who has really risen the ranks in people's hearts, Princess Diana. Uh, she debuted on the uh, Crown Season 4. Uh, two excellent, excellent sports documentaries uh, came out. Early 2020 saw the Cheer documentary. Really, really good oh stuff. Oh my god. And so then, good. So good. So good. Some really so weird good. stuff has come out about that uh, those group yeah. of uh, cheerleaders in the years since, but it was really fun in early 2020. And then... Um, with sports shutting down, uh, Netflix raced to get The Last Dance finished and put that up over the course of um, April and May uh, to coincide with what would have been the NBA playoffs. I'm a 90s kid from Chicago. The 90s Chicago Bulls are like the most important thing to me in the world. Uh, movies, a couple really good ones. It was really great. That was so great. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I'm sorry. 
even I like saw you know that. I don't care about sports. I'm glad you enjoy that. But how do you skip over the motherfucking Tiger King? It's dumb, but was massively popular. That was hated huge. It. Hated it. So huge. Hated everything about popular. it. Wait, so hated this is only so this is so only the, that's why we hear a, a yearly update on the Crown. Yeah, so it's only so it's only <laughs> things that Brian likes. So Jonathan, we have to. I watched the first season of The Crown. It was like, okay, cool, yeah, okay. Mm, so we have to put our own thing together. So next week, I'll come with with some pop culture that I Excuse that I like. Yeah, like we haven't even talked about the Real Housewives at all. Like, not even. I would once. love. I would love to include things yes. that you all cared about as well. But I'm on a time limit here, all right? <laughs> so what our host tells us that we have 30 seconds to do all of pop culture. So I've got to narrow it down quite a bit. Yeah, Tiger I mean, King was a huge deal. My take on Tiger King, I was on Twitter at the time. I was interacting with Trump supporters. Why do I want to watch Tiger King? Why is that my leisure activity? <laughs> Why am I doing this? It was a lot funnier oh than the Trump reporters. Uh, uh, supporters <laughs> is the word I mean. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Movies... Um, we had a really adorable little movie debut in mid-July called Palm Springs uh, that I actually really enjoyed. I recommend people checking that out. Uh, Mank came out, uh, David Fincher's tribute to the guy who wrote um, uh, Citizen Kane. Uh, Nomadland won Best Picture, mm-hmm. and Christopher Nolan did everything he damn well could to get people back to the movie theaters way too early for a movie that doesn't really make sense in Tenet. Uh, so some good stuff. Did I miss anything, RJ, Megan, Jonathan? You know, I don't know when things came out unless you tell me. So um, no, I trust you. <laughs> I <laughs> covered it all. Fe- There's nothing better than feedback of, hey, let me give my take. And then, oh, I don't know anything. So yeah. uh, exactly. I appreciate you guys. I didn't, I didn't ask to give my take. I just, you know, <laughs> rolled my eyes at yours. I mean, that's always the best way. <laughs> <laughs> this is like America, Brian. This is what happens. You say you complain, and then when people ask you for to do stuff, you're like, eh, never mind. Do you yeah, have any ideas? Mind. No, no, just I don't like what you're doing. Yeah, yeah I love exactly. it. Exactly. Um, I got a couple friends like that. Um, music. Music was still coming out. Live shows couldn't happen, but albums were still coming out, and there's some amazing music in 2020. I'm going to run through just a quick brief snippet of it some of them i love some of them i don't love but i'm trying to be all encompassing here for you rj uh fiona apples fetch the bolt cutters came out the first 10.0 on pitchfork since uh 2010 i want to say bob dylan's rough and rowdy ways uh my personal favorite record of 2020 i think is one of the strongest records he's ever made uh rose city bands summer long phoebe bridgers punisher Taylor Swift put out two excellent records, Folklore and Evermore, um, proving that even the biggest stars can be, uh, you know, woodsy folk stars, um, just kind of releasing independent music out into the world. Uh, the Microphones, Microphones in 2020 was stunning. Himes, Women in Music. Neil Young finally released Homegrown. Waxahachie put out St. Cloud about three weeks into the pandemic, and uh, that was like a warm hug every time you needed a good friend. Uh, Bill Callahan put out Gold Record. Fish put out Sigma Oasis. Jeff Parker's Sweet for Max Brown. The self-titled Bonnie Light Horseman record, another one of those warm hugs throughout 2020, came out. Beautiful album. Uh, The Next put out three, and Ezra Feinberg put out Recumbent Speech. I'm sure that there are about 400 additional records I'm I'm leaving off this list, so I will turn it to you guys to fill in the blanks. I just want to tell you that I... um 
when the the long pond sessions came out which was i think thanksgiving of of 2020 that that basically was my first introduction to taylor swift and from then on i was like this is incredible and it just like really kind of changed my wife and i the way we look at popular music it was a pretty that was an important um that was like a very important moment for me i didn't know you were a long pond noob that's cool yeah you mean you mean before that oh oh you mean before that you know what you know what i'm just saying those are great those are great those it came great. out on I, like I thanksgiving and we watched it that day and it just it, it like changed everything for me I agree Crazy. about that. Folklore totally changed how I felt about Taylor Swift. Like, and before then, I just thought she was like, you know, like a wannabe country star and then like a pop star with like decent music. But it wasn't until folklore that I understood like how thoughtful and imaginative she can be in her songwriting. And I fell in love with that album. And that changed everything for me about Taylor Swift, too. So, and that Waxahachie album was my favorite album mm. of the year. I've, that's that album, I still listen to it all the time. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah, she's amazing. Jay, you got anything that we uh, we left off? It's a couple Elkhorn records came out that year. Everybody should listen to Elkhorn. Uh, Storm Sessions was like the main one, I think, they put out. That was pretty good. Uh, Real Estate's the main thing. Did you mention that one? Sorry. I didn't, but that is a great mm. record. You're absolutely right. I yeah. love Real Estate. Um, really good. Eli Winter had unbe- put out Unbecoming. I got actually so many records in 2020. It's kind Same. of horrifying and they're all sitting right <laughs> behind me um because that's the other thing Fridays. that i did during lockdown was i just bought records and received them and played them and repeat you caused the was, global uh you caused the global crisis in <laughs> i personally infused the independent music industry with a significant portion of my income well, because was it starting in June that Bandcamp Fridays, the first of the month, all proceeds went to the artists? Sometime in that. yeah, something like yeah, I that. I don't, I don't remember. Wow. But that, that was the general gist of it, and I just remember like whatever that Friday was. I just I spent so much money on music, constantly, constantly. And it felt good every every month. All right. Brian, I, I I think this straw man of me giving you a time limit is really, you know, I think our, our audience is be- buys into it. Everyone believes it, but it's just, you know, it's just not true because it always ends up being 20 minutes anyway. So really, why are we pretending? Why are we pretending we have time limits? Um, Megan, can I just say that I never knew that the picture that's hanging above you is so awesome. And I'm just like, can you, can you just show oh. us the picture? Sure. Because I don't know if Brian and Jonathan have seen it either. It's really it's a like Jay Blakesburg. A... So it's from May oh, nice. 10th, 1987, Laguna Seca. Here, can I move you closer? Yes. Look yeah, at that celebratory atmosphere. That's good stuff. That's nice. a dead show, man. That's vibes. Yeah, that's um RJ got to see where I record when he came over and met my my phantom family. <laughs> <laughs> They were hired. They were all hired actors, but they were great. I mean, the children were believable. No. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, should we get to Mexico, guys? Yeah, we should. We should. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> we already. I mean, yeah. RJ, yeah. you were there. I was there. Why yeah. don't you set the set the scene? This was the first 
four-night Mexico run, the first one that had a welcome set. Um, I believe that they changed locations for this run. But um, tell Mm -hmm. us what your experience was like being there on the ground and uh, lead us into the show. Yeah, so, okay, so this was the first year at the Moon Palace. um, And I think... I guess the three years before had been at, um, Barcelo. Um, and it's, it was, um, so it was a new, new experience. And also if you go, if you go now, this was, it it doesn't really matter, but the stage for this one was set up all the way next to the grand, which is like the opposite side of the beach of where it is now. But, um, yeah, we were really excited to go to Mexico for the first time. And like Tom was, Tom really was the one who was like, you got to come. And then, you know, a bunch of other friends went and it felt like a real like celebration. It was just so fun. It was so chill. It was so, we had no idea what was, you know, going to happen in the coming weeks. And we just were so glad to be seeing fish on the beach. It was a totally different experience. I mean, the, the AC shows, I think get close, but like, you know, we haven't really seen anything like this if in person if you hadn't been to to mexico now we can get sort of like variations on it um but really Actually, before we go into the show yeah. can i ask you a question about mexico because yeah it's almost like i've only been once and it was weird when i was there because i didn't have the expectation or the like show anxiety that i have when i see fish anywhere else did you have that experience too where you're just not worried about how fish is going to play or what they're going to play or and maybe it's because you're just in this like summer camp environment and you were there for so long you don't care you're going to get stuff but I don't know it's like I didn't care if the shows were good I didn't I don't know there's just this different feeling yeah yeah definitely I mean even even less than I care usually which is very little I mean it was definitely (laughs) I was definitely just there to like hang out and and go on the beach the Thursday night like welcome set you know was just like I mean, all of it is just like, you're just there and you're just like, you're just there and, and whatever is going to happen happens. And it's just such a great thing to be a part of because I think I've talked about this before, but like part of the thing of these like all inclusive resorts is that, you know, all of us, like we make, you know, you guys all know about this idea of like decision fatigue and, you know, Mm -hmm. like every day we make like thousands of decisions. Right. And we're like, from like Jonathan deciding to wear that awesome HF pod shirt, which I still don't have so one good. of those. I don't um, have an HF pod shirt either. I don't know. know. Maybe I can yeah. buy one on the internet. Um, Maybe. But like, you know, when you go to one of these resorts, they just, they take care of you to the point where you don't have to do anything. Like you don't have to decide like anything. You just, you can like, you can basically have everything kind of decided for you if you want to do that in a way that makes things like really, really, really relaxing. That's, that's what I found. And I didn't really realize that until like a couple of days into the first time we went, which was this year, um, 2020. Cause I was like, wow, you can don't really have to do anything. You know, even if you go on vacation to a nice place, you got to like, you're like renting a car and then you got to decide like, where are we driving? We got to go to dinner. We got to find a restaurant. You got to like, which beach are we going to visit? Whatever. It's just, you go there and then you just are there and you don't have to do anything. And it is, the music is great because you're on the beach. Yeah. So cool. I really enjoyed it. Love it. Should we dive into the show? Let's yeah. do it. I mean, I don't I don't think we need to. Archie just said it's great if you're on the beach. It's a good time. Fun time. <laughs> it's all about the friends we make along the way. Uh, Brian, we well know. 
Brian, why this show among the four? Um, I mean, I think that this is the strongest show of the weekend. I think it's also, it continues the trend that we started to see the previous year where they were treating Mexico shows the way that they would treat a random stop on a, on a tour where there was a lot be, you know, the first year kind of felt like just this novelty of, Hey, we're in Mexico. We're on a beach. It's the middle of January. The second year, Megan, Jonathan, and I did a podcast coming up on two years ago now about the 2017 run that uh, wow. is sneakily. It's very underrated. Um, the 2019 run though, like those shows kind of carried over the fireworks of fall 2018, the fireworks of new Year's. Uh, the New Year's Eve run and we got this like you know preview of you could have these like really cool touch points in fish history uh as they're kind of going through the year where the fall tour bleeds into the the New Year's Eve run which bleeds into Mexico and you know consistency throughout the year from these like shorter runs was kind of reigning supreme and i felt like this happened again we had a really strong new year's eve run at the end of 2019 that 12 29 show that 12 30 show are outstanding um i really enjoyed the single set show it kind of was there were a lot of like random songs they played um uh, shipwreck they played shake your coconuts for the first time or for the first time since the baker's dozen um the second night they had Shafty kind of segued in and out. It was just like a lot of cool gimmicks and really fun, odd set listing. They randomly dropped a week upon groove in the second in the encore, even though they never played Mike's song during the show. But this show, as we're going to get into like really awesome set listing calls, some really cool jamming in really sneaky places. And it felt to me listening back to it, kind of like I said at the top of the episode, um, that, that kind of, uh, as, as we're going to see when we get to 2021, the structure of a fish show starts to kind of melt away and any song can start to be played at any point in time and can lead into a jam, regardless if it's the second song of the show or if it's mm. deep in the second set as we're kind of like getting to a rocking conclusion. And the structure of fish shows since they came back in 2021 has been such a fascinating thing for me. And one of the things I've enjoyed the most this show seems to have that like this show has a tweezer in a really random place and ends the first set in kind of the way you would expect a second set to begin. Um, the jamming happens midway through set two and then continues as we're bleeding into the uh, end of the set. The encore has a really cool uh, kind of shocking song selection. So um, just to kind of dive in set one, we get Willin, tube evening song, set your soul free you sexy thing fading into 46 days waste fading into your pet cat tweezer segueing into manteca segueing into makasupa policeman and segueing into twist to close things out um rj you were there you were on the ground why don't you give us kind of a rundown of what your thoughts were on this overall set of what it was like to re-listen yeah and this was um I think this was probably the closest I'd ever been to the stage and, and maybe still um, at this point because wow. it, it in Mexico, the other thing, as Megan knows from last year, you can kind of like, you can get pretty close because it's not, you know, it's not the MSG floor. It's not a pit at Meriwether. It's like the beach and people definitely lay out very large blankets and stuff like that. But if you want to get up close, like you can get up close and we were, you know, basically five feet from the stage or something. It was, it was pretty wild. Um, I thought this set, I mean, it was really fun to be there. I mean, the tube really, I think is a, is a pretty, pretty great jam. And I think 
I guess the show, it, the thing listening back, all these shows were kind of like more chill than I remember, but not necessarily mm-hmm. in a in a bad way. You know, it just like I think you really it really captured kind of the the beach vibe. I think Trey's playing was was really good, um, especially in the tube and and some of the other jams. But it was like a pretty laid back run, and I think a, a pretty laid back set. I think when you hear a tweezer in set one. You know, once they go into tweezer, you're like, all right, this is going to be, this is going to, this is going to happen. I'm sorry. I still expect that that's going to happen, that it's going to be 25 minutes of tweezer. But sometimes (laughs) it goes into Manteca and then into Makasupa with some you sexy thing in it. So I I really, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. And um, I think the tube, you know, is probably like the highlight of the set, but um, interesting transitions. And like you said, kind of song choices throughout. Meg, what were your thoughts listening back to this? Yeah, I haven't listened to this in a really long time, so it was fun to listen back to, especially now that I'd been to Mexico and I can kind of picture being there. But I think it's interesting. There's some really fascinating song selections in this set, in the show especially, but totally in the set. The opening with Willen, which you know is the first time it's been performed since 2010 for the, the Halloween Little Feet cover. And it's just like a nice ease into the show. And this tube, though, I was doing other things – and it completely like brought me out of it and just sucked me in. This jam is just great. Fishman is just kind of like staying within the tube beat a lot for most of it, but everybody else is kind of swirling around in a way that I just absolutely loved. Thought this jam was great. And it's twelve minute tube, like second song. That's that's good stuff right there. And I love the set your soul free. I think Mike sounds amazing. He's super turned up. This whole show, Mike is just. I kept hearing him and thinking he sounded awesome. Really fun, really dancey. I think You Sexy Thing is like the perfect thing to play on a beach in Mexico. This is the third time they played it at this point. And um, I heard the fourth time they played it the next summer when it opened the second night in Hershey, uh, when they played like the You Sexy Wombat. And it was so fun. And that was actually the first time I did a quick hit on HF Pod. Brian, I came on with you and we got to talk about those two Hershey shows, which was really fun. But yeah, I think definitely like you were saying, um, RJ, I think this the tube and then also the end of this set, the tweezer, Menteca, Makasupa is so much fun. The tweezer, Mike again sounds great in this like mini jam, pages on the piano. When they find Menteca, you can hear Trey laughing and he starts singing it and you can tell they just kind of stumbled into it. I love what Paige gets into with the synths in Menteca. It's really cool. They groove on it for a while and then they find the you sexy thing riff again. And just to play Maka Super Policeman over that and to have them play with the lyrics is really fun. You know, like, woke up in the morning, you sexy thing, and Trey's, like, playing with all of that. And they just sound like they're having fun. Super chill. It's fun. I mean, I think the energy level, like, you're, is a little – is kind of muted. I don't know if that's just from being on the beach or that's just their vibe, but it does feel, like, slower and less, like, powerful than than I sometimes expect Fish to be, especially in the beginning of the second set. We'll talk more about that. Yeah, I, I kind of think it feels a little less maybe urgent than yeah. an ordinary fish show, but that is kind of goes with what RJ is describing because they're also there. And um, this was this is the year you mentioned he Trey was there early and he sat in with Dave Matthews, and so like because mm. Dave Matthews yeah. <laughs> did the weekend before or whatever, so like he's on vacation in it just living it and oh okay we'll work for a few hours and they're having a good time the tube is you know a clear highlight is great 
great tube with the like bliss peaking. I love that they played Willen. I would love that if they played it again when I was there sometime. Um, I like this tweezer. Uh, yeah, not super long, although I would probably track it like half the other uh, tweezers that have a Manteca groove in it where it's just tweezer and you put a little asterisk and you say, mm. Manteca, you know, cause it's, it's not like whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's a good, good jam, uh, but either way. <laughs> and, uh, and I do, I really like the, uh, you sexy Makasupa situation that goes on there. That's just a lot of fun. And Super fun. I like it when fish has fun. Um, and the twist yeah. that comes out of that kind of beautifully is it's not, deep but it just works perfectly uh, to wrap the set i only jonathan i just want to amend what you said i only like it when they have fun if it's in the very specific way that i also want to have fun at that time agree you know <laughs> exactly if Not they're me. having if they're having fun how they want to have fun it only if it aligns with my specific needs you know it it, it is kind of an interesting marrying of like they are, I think to your point, Jonathan, they are very laid back. They're having a ton of fun. It does feel like they're on vacation, but there is still between tube, set your soul free and the whole tweezer madness that happens at the end of the set. There's enough improv. There's some real like stuff to dive into. Like the set your soul free gets into this like very hypnotic segment around like nine minutes where Trey is just playing these chords mm-hmm. that you, you didn't hear a ton of that sort of stuff in 2019. Um, you know, we're still a ways away from the, uh, the Jedi pedal coming into, into effect here. Um, no pun intended, but he's clearly trying to seek out new sounds and new ideas to throw into a jam. Um, I am on the same page with you though, Jonathan, it's wild. Like I was looking at Manteca, it's only been played 16 times, but like, has it been only played 16 times? Because like, there's yeah. probably a lot of versions that like could be played. <laughs> that is <laughs> crazy. That is crazy. This is, this is yeah. the last time it was played. And like, there were two very notable gaps. Um, they played it on 11, 14, 95 in the middle of that incredible stash. And mm. the next time was 10, 30, 98, 219 shows. And then from 10, 30, 98, they wouldn't play it again until 1231 2010, 301 shows. So within that, yeah, there's, a look, there's a lot of mantecas. There's a lot of mantecas in there. If you look at all the teases, there's more yeah. mantecas exactly. than there are performances, yeah. and they're not all listed. <laughs> I mean, they it's like manteca yeah. and San Jose are just always being teased no matter where we are. Um, I'm glad we got to the important stuff in this episode. You know what I mean? Like, yes. like right? properly tracking fish shows. Yeah, I'm right like, there with you. Come on. Um, no, but I, th- I thought this was a really cool first set. I thought, you know, um, overall it flowed really nicely. Um, do we have anything else we want to highlight here? Any sort of track listing that you want to go through, RJ? Or should we jump <laughs> in the set too? I guess it's fine. Um, no, the, the twist the twist at the end of the set really does. Um, I think it sets up set two nicely. I remember being, after three days there, It it was, I think everyone was feeling like, a little bit tired i think saturday nights like you're you're kind of reaching the end of the weekend everyone's like yeah. in the sun all day and it's like you know i think going out at the first set on a jam like that sets sets up well for set two mm-hmm. and it does because set two just carries over the trend of random song selections and uh <laughs> and jamming set two and the encore we've got energy going into soul planet going into waves going into karini going into chalk dust torture 
which has a very fluid segue into Have Mercy, which fades into A Life Beyond the Dream. Our only pause of the set before the rich man's slave to the traffic light, <laughs> otherwise known as Harry Hood. And then we encored with Sweet Jane, my God, Sweet Jane, and yeah. Tweezer Reprise. Um, really cool stuff in this set. Uh, RJ, returning to you first, since you were there, which means your opinion counts more than the rest of ours, what what happened during this set and what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, the the Waves is the big headline, I think, just in terms of the, oh, yeah. the improv. Um I, again, like kind of more uh, more laid back, I guess than than I or maybe as a, as laid back as I remember, but in a good way. And I think the the chalk dust mid set, you know, who knows? Um, but the segue, <laughs> the segue, segue, the, the segue into Have Mercy though is like what a great what a great oh. song. I mean, I think we we've had other Have Mercies on this on this show last week last week just but last i feel week. like we're just mm-hmm. we're, we're continuing to 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 you know pick shows with this song which is great i this is the i guess the second and last time i saw it um and also the last time it was played um yeah it's it's so great it's such a great song so i guess that's what that's what stuck out to me but jonathan is waving his arms wildly for those of you who can't who aren't who aren't watching um like i think he wants to refute my points please well i i Yes, I do. And I will go completely out of sequence just to say that I love this chalk dust. I love this chalk dust here. I love this one. The peak on this thing peaks so hard that I had to jump up out of my chair last time I was. So fucking good. It is good. It is good. Jumped up and bit him. It's it's straight ahead in its structure, but just like when they hit that peak, it is just ah, so good. Yeah. Um, Better than usual. Um, but I, I will, yeah, I, go ahead. I just want to finish. No, 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 you go ahead. And then I just want to say one more thing about the set. No, 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 I have no, nothing ahead, no, you do that. I'm done. I'm done disputing you. No, I just think like, I think you're right about the, I think when you're there and then they like go into chalk dust in the middle of the set after like a big, like waves, Carini, it's like, is this like going to end the set? And then, you know, it, it does. I thought, I think like the flow is good. And I, I just will say Same. that my wife um rachel she she really likes life beyond the dream i like it too and i love harry hood and so like that combo to close it out was really pretty pretty spectacular for the first time on on a beach watching fish um great way to end end a set there you go i like energy was it wasn't energy on sort of a drought at this point or had they they brought it back i can't can't keep track of this nonsense um this was the first version since um mohegan the previous summer but they would not play this again until october 20th 2021 so significant time i mean it's it's a rare song at this point in time it's only been played oh thank you you're right thank you you were just setting up for that weren't you yeah i was i was just testing you um (laughs) no i i like that it's been played 10 times though across 10 years I find it interesting that the song "Energy" doesn't have as much energy as you'd want it. As you might. That is exactly what I was going to say. I just just feel your notes. So low energy, like it's like mid tempo. It's but it's about the world. But it's about the world being made of energy, not the song. Yeah, it's totally like a 1970s Coca Cola commercial. Yeah, (laughs) with like the big wheels, totally, and like people running out. The tempo. The tempo it's is slow. pretty small for slow for being energy. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys compare those to Jeb Bush? 
No. I don't know Low why energy I like they have this cover oh though God. because they don't need it. Like I just have never felt they needed this cover. Like people love this cover like, though. Uh, I would why? I would argue that the performances uh, refute your point that they don't need it because there have been four very notable jams off of this song that uh, that all absolutely rule. But um, I agree with you. It is it does. Yeah, we, just, like, we have lots of songs jams that jam, and, and I just kind of feel yeah. like. Do we need like this song that just is? I don't know. The lyrics are pretty lame. Like, and this version though is pretty. I mean, Trey like fucks up the lyrics and laughs, and it's like you know, it's a little. I'm a jam fiend, and I and I will just say, beggars can't be choosers. I'll take any song that can jam at this point (laughs) in my life. I love Megan. I love critical Megan. Critical Megan is like my favorite. Something. It's great. (laughs) You know, it's really really great. The hell's up with this stupid ass song? It is not good. Like, and it, and we have other other songs that this band plays where the lyrics are just okay. So, like, why do we need a cover where the lyrics are just okay? Like, if you're gonna do a cover, make it something like badass, right? That's just my opinion. So, yeah, that's how I feel about the beginning of this set. And then I heard Soul Planet, and I was like, is Trey actually fucking with everybody and just playing songs that people don't like? Like, Soul Planet, Set Your Soul Free, Energy, like, like it's just it's kind of funny, and it just the feels like it doesn't love. Really- the ocean is love and it doesn't really go anywhere, but then I feel like they nail it in waves and I can stop being critical now because I absolutely love this song. Waves is just, I love the song. And this version, like we've said, is beautiful. It's so Trey sounds so delicate and so pretty in this version of the song. And then it gets like darkier and off kilter and like a little funkier. And then Fishman starts like a trip hop beat and Trey is playing these like repeating riffs and the cymbals start crashing and the piano is like pounding. And it has this like big ending with like lots of reverb and and Trey comes in with the soul planet quotes and like Reba thinks the ocean is love. Um, Can I say one more thing, Brian? Just, just about. Uh, You can say as many more things as you want. Just keep talking. There's no time limit on you. I forgot to make this point earlier. Both Evening Song this night and Sigma Oasis the night before, it was the second time that both of those songs have been played, which is kind of like hard to believe because we've heard both of them like so much at this point, but both being new and both really well placed, I think, like the Sigma Oasis from the night before to open set two and then this um, Evening Song this night that came in um, set one right after a tube. But like they're they both sound pretty different from how they sound now. Like they were clearly just trying to like figure it out. Like evening song yeah. sounded so much different to me um, this version than like than it than it does more recently. So I just want to make that point. I just want to put a point in the category of evening song being a great song because I love that me song too. and um, yep. it's gorgeous. I like so how beautiful. it's dark, uh, but it also has a really uh, just like the melody is, is really nice and um, I'm a fan of it. And I don't really understand how people could complain about a three minute song at a fish show, even if you don't like it, but you know, I, I love this song and I'm, I'm into will. it. It's like um, such a will. great opener they too. Will. I feel like it's such a great opener it's to great. like, ease you into a show like it just is the best vibe well, and the way that it opened up the um uh the msg residency yeah, this year exactly. you know proceed the night with caution uh and then we go into that huge wave of hope um Ugh. i just want to give a few quick thoughts about this set because i really like this set i really i mean i love this show overall i hadn't listened to this show in a little bit of time but i i remembered really enjoying it in the moment um 
I just want to give a special shout out to friend of the pod, Ben Greenfield. He had me over at his house uh, this evening to webcast. I was in Los Angeles for work, cooked me an amazing meal. Um, he struggled with his internet for the first couple of songs of the webcast and was like, I don't know if this is going to work like out. Home. And then it felt like home and then it ended up working out. Um, but I want to give a shout out because he invited his uh, his his neighbor over, uh, who's a really cool guy, um, who is a big dead fan. And he came over for the second set and they played Energy and Ben was trying to explain to him that, you know, it's a kind of a weird, slightly lame song that has a really good jamming history. And then Soul Planet started up and he was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. This is not how this band always sounds. <laughs> but usually they'll jam this song. And then they yes. went to Waves and Waves has this amazing jam that goes on for about 10, 15 minutes. And then at 1740, they come back with The Ocean is Love. And his friend just started laughing. And um, he yes. stayed through the remainder of the set. But um, I felt that vibe of being like hey just hang with me and listen to this really cool band that i'm just like a little bit obsessed with and i listen to a lot of their shows and i talk about them on podcasts for hours each week um and then they play soul planet and you're like okay like i promise this isn't what everything is like um but I do want to give like a very serious shout out to the uh, uh, Karini, um, I, just at risk of it being overshadowed. It gets into a really cool jamming yes. space around eight minutes. Those kind of like uh, weird uh, um, chordal riffs that Trey was playing during the Set Your Soul Free reemerge. Uh, you get these really cool undertones from Paige, like that sound that is so familiar now with 2021 through 2023 Fish, where Paige is just playing really like six keyboards at once it sounds like and a lot of yeah. synth tones and trey is kind of going over the top with what sounds like a keyboard slash bass himself um that's happening here in this jam and then like there's this trey goes to this like high register of the guitar like way up the neck and is playing this like it's like really creepy and weird and like the effect he's using makes it sound like icicles coming off of a building uh it breaks apart completely around 10 30 and goes into this like just hypnotic sludge is just the way that it sounded to me and then that somehow fades into chalk dust and like my first notes on chalk dust repeated a lot of notes i had throughout this show that they just knew how to set list tonight you know and and you can argue whatever like Maybe they do something and you don't hear it and you don't like it. And so maybe you're the one who's at fault. I don't really know like where to square that argument, but I do know that on certain nights, like things just feel like they work and it just like a song emerges and it's like, that is the perfect song to play right now. And that's how this entire show felt um, going into have mercy getting a hood to close out. I mean, I, I'm, yeah. I'm a huge proponent that every great show should end with hood and then to have this encore be, uh, Sweet Jane, which has only been played five times, is not really a song that people expect to hear in any sort of way. This is the first time we heard it since the Baker's Dozen. It just like, it felt like they weren't trying in the best way possible yeah. on this night. And, and everything just kind of flowed. And it made me think a lot about, you know, I think in the long run, we're we are lucky that there was a break, a healthy break for the band at that point in time. I think that the pandemic allowed them the chance to step back and really take in what fish meant to them, which has re-energized them in a lot of ways. Um, but it also listening to the show made me wonder like, wow, if we had gotten that summer tour 2020, there were some really cool ideas that were starting to percolate during that point in time. Yeah. I think that part of the show, like from waves on through Karini, through Chalk Dust, it has that feeling that we get a lot in 21 where the songs don't really matter. They're just like touch tones to like some really interesting jamming. And I felt like that was like 
it's it's when the band is in that space where it doesn't matter what song they're playing, they're really like dialed in. And I kept hearing that throughout that whole, I mean, that whole section is super interesting. Like you were saying, Brian, all those jams are just really varied and really cool. And I agree. I think it's, I think it's a really good second set. Um, I want to talk about this second set a little bit. Um, I don't please. know if you guys have, but um, I have a couple more thoughts. Uh, the Waves Jam gets to this point where, which is something, a point that we heard a lot of in 21, not much of in 19, 18, 17, where he is 19, 18. Oh, 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 I see. Counting backwards their numbers that represent years. Um, he uh, he's layering his delay loops in a way with just this while changing what he plays. And it, it's just several minutes in the latter portion of waves. That is an absolute, just gloriously weird fucking bit that I, I just love. And he started doing a lot more of that 21, but uh, also hopping on a synth pedal and making it even gnarlier. Um, and speaking of gnarly, I think you were referencing this, Brian, but the Carini gets so heavy with this big chunky ass chords that is probably my favorite part of the set to the point that i barely even remember hearing have mercy because it's too freaking light i don't care about that i like this heavy ass shit that he's doing in Carini. <laughs> i'm 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 super there for it it's so good it's so cool and even on the tail of the waves I honestly think that the Karini jam is my favorite part of this set. Um, Hood jam, Hood has a little jam. It's quite nice, great finish to the show. And I and it's funny you were talking about like how they're playing. Um, I think you used the word like "don't care," Brian. I think you used that phrase, and they are playing with kind of a, a kind of a casualness, which yeah. suits Sweet Jane perfectly. Sweet yeah, Jane 100%. is a song yeah. you should not have to try hard to play. If it sounds like you're trying hard, you're not playing it right. It, it, it th there should be a almost a, a vibe of disinterest from the band yeah. when you play that song. Yeah. Or you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Such a way to put it. Yeah. Can I get? Yeah. Can I? Can I jump in one more time, just Jonathan? Just Go. on that the the no. court, the no, sound of with the Carini. First of all, I loved the sound of that, particularly Trey's sound at this at this run and like what i was hearing early in 2020 and i do think they took that in to uh the recording that they did for lonely trip with, with scott and tom and the writing like you know you yes. can hear that especially and i've never needed you like this before but i think so many of those songs are overlooked in lonely trip and i think like that guitar like you said, crunchy or chunky, Jonathan. I just feel like a lot of that stuff is really represented in some of those songs on that album that I think is still very underrated. It's a really totally agree. so many good songs yeah. on that, but so good. I, amazing oh, so to think good. about where that sound would have gone with Fish in 2020 because yeah. they yeah. were like, I mean, I don't was, think it was that, good. I, I'm I'm a big guy for not worrying about what ifs. I mean, it can be entertaining. Uh, the fact is, and Brian alluded to this, is that Fish was in a pretty good place at, when they played Mexico in 2020. And then the brakes were thrown on for them. And, you know, I can't speak to what the rest of the band members did all year long necessarily, but Trey we know what Trey woodshedded. <laughs> he worked and he worked hard all year long. And we got some stuff we got the beacon jams which is huge but all of that and 
and whatever work or relaxation time off that the other band members had, all of that came back together in 21 and really is why 21 was such a gangbuster year. And, uh, totally. and, and we'll get to talk about that next week. We would be remiss uh, just really quickly, not um, if we didn't highlight the everything's right from the following evening, which comes late in <laughs> set one. Um, it is outstanding. It is uh, very much worth people's 18 minutes. There is a great video up on YouTube. This was the start of the early Sunday show. So I think that this started mm-hmm. uh, uh, early in the evening. So it was sunny for the entire first set and even sunny going into the second set. Just a really cool vibe to watch from home. Um, I'm sure really good vibe on the on site as well but that everything is right and then there's a golden age in the second set that is uh minimalistic and really weird and really cool and uh highly recommend people check that out um can i, also, can I say one thing about that first set please that was, that was the first time that i had like went into the ocean during a fish show um which i think i was in the ocean during everything's right and then matt told me later that uh, matt dwyer that we were back on the beach with them during the rest of the first set. And then he said that right when David Bowie started, I just turned around from talking to him and walked directly into the ocean again. Um, and that was, <laughs> and I didn't really remember that happening, but I believe him. You also tried to get, tried to convince me to go into the ocean in, in Mexico this year, but I, I'm, I didn't, but I appreciated you. It's, attempting it's to a Sunday. It's a I Sunday mean, afternoon tradition at, at, yeah, at Mexico. maybe sometime. Speaking of traditions, we have a tradition of continuing our 40 for 40 series. Oh my God, it's going to go on? <laughs> oh, have... Only for a little more bit. Only just a little bit more. You guys you guys are going to be carrying us forward into 2021 because I, I will be absent next week. But that doesn't mean... That actually means the conversation will probably be more interesting. So, guys, what are we... We got two more no time weeks. Limit. No we shit, it's going to go three hours. <laughs> We got two more weeks. We we do know some people who do podcasts for three hours, and they're all great. Um, what do we What do we have to look forward to for twenty twenty one? I mean, not maybe not specific show, but like how how are you feeling about this, Jonathan? It's on you. It's on your shoulders to bring us back from the pandemic. Uh, well, I can tell you, I can tell you what we're gonna do. Oh wow, we're gonna do the numbers show from Vegas. Wow. Oh, yeah. hell yes. Wow. Yes. That's a show. That's awesome. That is a there. capital S H O W show. Oh, I'm so fucking excited. It was That's good. Sweet. Oh my God. And, I had the um, most FOMO from that show that I've had in so long. That was. Well, I can tell you big. all was, about being there. Yeah. I was yeah. terrified for everyone in the venue watching that on the webcast. I was like, this is too good. This is not possible. Too good. <laughs> well, Jonathan, I'm glad I'm going to miss that because as you know, I came the next morning so that's the one uh, one yeah, show that run that i missed <laughs> i so. i can tell everybody about having beers with rj the next day in the sun in vegas and uh rj going what did i do oh well what did i do wrong <laughs> uh, well okay that's awesome i'm excited for that i will re-listen to it in in honor of this um anything else guys before we wrap up no but grab tickets for our event on the 29th because it's gonna be really fun Come hang yes. out with me, RJ. And vote Get for your barbecue. favorite tours in fish history. Yep. Voting will go on yeah. for the next couple of weeks before we finalize all the details and uh, start releasing those episodes. But uh, keep voting. It's been keep, fun seeing that come keep in. Keep voting. Um, unlike, unlike in most countries, you can probably vote more than once. 
Um, the voting doesn't stop. It does not until stop. Until it does. All right. So bad jokes. Very bad jokes. Sorry. <laughs> Just remember, if you pick summer 2020, your ballot gets thrown out. Yeah, you're this is true. This yep. is true. And don't believe everything you read on the internet, guys. All right. Only some of it. See you guys. Properly sourced. Thanks, everyone. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are the Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts.